Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. some breaking news hopefully not I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the breaking <sighs> me news me too I'm, I'm like tapped out low I key. have like, no energy for... like the Nipsey thing has like taken all of the energy from me I literally cried the other day alone in my, in my living room about it it's too much I was looking at a picture or like someone had posted something and I just I broke down I just started crying I don't even know this man like that and I was like why am I so affected by this you know I'm overly emotional my cancer ass I could cry at a stranger in the street like with no with no pretense to knowing them at all. Like, what happened? So I try I try to like acknowledge it and take it in and then like let it like release it because I can I can hold on to shit for a long time. Um, which is something we should talk about. We should talk about how we handle it, handle our emotions, and if we deal with them. Because remember we talked about that in Mexico fourteen weeks ago. What if we if we if we do because like we're so strong and we're so rational if we deal with things and mm. we're actually dealing with them. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So that's another topic. The, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many topics. Um, we have Bruna here today. A Hi. Special special guest. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I was like about to jump in so many times. I was like, <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me wait. Um, Bruna, the life coach, relationship expert. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, well, what, sure. What do you, how, how, what do you call it? What is your title? You know, everyone. I need titles in this, in this life. And <laughs> I hate that because I'm like, I don't know. I'm a human being usually. <laughs> um, I usually just say author, speaker, and coach. Just because relationship expert is definitely a label I've been given. But I'm like. Is anyone actually a relationship expert though? Right. That would so, make you like a people expert. Right. And also. I don't know that I am. I don't know. I don't want to like sell myself short because there are some people who would hear that and be like, Bruna, you've put in the work. You deserve to. I was like, I get it. But like, 
I, to me, and maybe it's just me, when I hear relationship expert or just expert in general, there's like some like elite feeling of that. Like, oh, I'm above you. I know better than you. And my whole brand is basically like, I don't know better than you. I just have tools and resources to help lead you wherever you need to go. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you should be doing this, this, and that. Mm. Well, I think that makes for a good, uh, a good expert. Thank you. Well, then I'll, I'll take it. Yes, Bruna Nessa, relationship expert, and so many other things. I have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> Remember what you told me earlier this morning? Yeah, you're right. I told Jamila that do not let me talk anymore about my current relationship because I'm becoming that annoying bitch that I can't stand. That like is like has to update her friends on every moment and every. It's like updating news. Like, guess what? This is the text. <laughs> Guess what? He didn't respond. And, and Guess what? My response was, that's what we do. That's what chicks do. And it yeah. is annoying. But I mean, not, I'm not annoyed by it. I don't care. But I'm just saying, sometimes when, well, I, when no, I you're not it, annoyed by it, but you made me have to acknowledge it the other day because you were like, I'm so happy I'm not in a relationship. Because <laughs> oh. you, the amount of, like, you, when I'm watching you makes me not want to be in one. And I'm like, oh my God, she's right. Watching me is making me question why I'm even It just makes me know that one. it makes you crazy. <laughs> and I'm not calling you crazy. I'm just saying I can see how another person can make you crazy. Like everything they don't do, they do do. Questioning it, and I'm like, oh, no, no. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. even, like it, it. Will take up energy because that's what people do, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you want to ask her anything specific? No, no, not really. No, not right now. Not, not on. Not on. I was gonna say. I was gonna say, bitch is lying. Not on the record. Off record, I have lots of things to say. Um. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I need to talk. I've, I've learned my lesson, and I need to talk to him first about certain things before I talk about things on our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then his secret stalkers then report back to him what I've said. That was a very... That's fun. That was great. That, that was a, I think that was a rare occasion, like a one She's time. She's probably still... I mean, I don't know if it's a she, but I know it's a she. It's a she. She's probably still listening now. Hey, girl. Yeah. It's only <laughs> only a crazy bitch has time to do some shit like that because we got a whole lot of long ass episodes. If you got time, you got a whole lot of time, and you low key like us because clearly if you listen to that long of us, yeah, just come hang, yeah, just, just hang out. It's fine. Pseudo fan. Um, do we have like a specific topic for today, or is it just? No, I mean, I want to know more about like how your journey, like, why did what, how, what led you into you know your path that you're on now? And I know that you, um, like you said, you wrote an article about your celibacy. You were celibate for what, the, over a thousand days or a thousand yeah. days? Like, was it on the dot forever? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, today's day today's the day I go get dick. So <laughs> who is it gonna be? Um, yeah, Ugh. and all that like what led what led you to that, and because you know J- Jamila's on her own celibacy journey right now, mm-hmm. um, and maybe I need to be on one. <laughs> As I pick up the weed, pick up the blunt. <laughs> um, so so yeah, like tell us a little bit about your career. And yeah. Um. So, where to begin? Where are you from? Born and raised. Uh, Southern California. Arcadia. Arcadia. Good old Arcadia. I love Arcadia. That's a nice little town. Um, You live in the valley now, right? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been in Southern California my entire life, which I'm kind of like sad about. 
Because I always see people who like leave and go live. Well, girl, well, it's so early in the game. Yeah, you can still do I that. Mean, you ain't got no kids. Like, yeah, but I'm trying to have children shit, in kidding. the near future <laughs> with someone. Hello, who are you? Come <laughs> here. No, but um, we'll see. I mean, I definitely want to travel a lot, so we'll make it happen. I see myself traveling, but like for work. Mm-hmm. So I see myself doing either like a documentary, which is something I really want to do, or who knows. But um, yeah, so SoCal native and dating and relationships for whatever reason have just been something I've always been fascinated by. And I think it's because what you were just talking about, like you can be who you are and then someone else enters the picture and all of a sudden you're like, who is this? Who am I? Like, who am I being right now? And so that was me, still is, to be honest. And so I'm always like, what the fuck happened? Like, what switch went off that made me act this way now? Or, you know, what's different than the moment before where I didn't care and now all of a sudden, like, I'm being quote unquote crazy. So, <laughs> so um, love and relationships and just human behavior and psychology have always been an interest of mine. And I was always that friend that people would go to for advice. And I didn't know why because I dated the worst people. <laughs> I was like in the worst positions. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So over time, I just kind of like took on that role. And I initially majored in psych because I – Again, love human behavior and all of that. But I took one class in at PCC, shout out to Pasadena. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, there's no way. The syllabus was like eight pages front and back with like the smallest font. It just like super intimidated me, which was new for me because I was, I'm such a nerd. Like I loved school. And so I was sitting there like, uh, I'm not doing this. It was a neuropsych class. So I dropped, it was my first class that I ever dropped. And then I shamed myself for it. <laughs> But um, after that, I was like, let me try journalism. So I always liked to write, did journalism, did uh, wrote about, you know, whatever. And on the school paper, I, I still wanted to do the dating and relationship stuff. And I pitched a column. And this was in, I'm going to age myself, but who fucking cares? This was in like 2007, maybe 2007, 2008. I was like, we should have a column called that's what she said and it's a dating relationship thing where students can write in anonymously and then we just answer anonymously like a dear annie type of thing and then my professor was like no i was like why not and he was like you're gonna embarrass the paper and you're gonna embarrass yourself because what is a professor's teacher right like either was it a woman or a man it was a man i feel like he already didn't like me because he was so – so there's, like, this journalism thing where print – or they say, like, print and broadcast people are, like, don't get along right. or print, whatever. Print people think – take their, their – they're, like, way more serious. Right, right, that. right. So him being, like, super print man, and he knew I was a broadcast major, but I also wrote for the paper. Some people were like, maybe he just, like, has it out for you. I was like, I don't know, but this is bullshit. So never ended up getting the column, but over time – I clearly started my own website. So I was just, you know, did the whole college thing. And then I did entertainment journalism first. That was my first career. And while I was doing that, I was like, I'm bored. So started the problem with dating. And that is where the journey really began. 
so you started your own website, basically, that took yeah. over that idea that was supposed to be for the school paper, but he was an asshole and he hated on you, so you did it on, by yourself. Kind of. Well, I didn't really do... The problem with dating initially was just... It was almost like... Do you guys remember, like, Zanga or, like, Live Journal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so it was kind of like that, but my own thing, where I was just writing about my experience, because it was the first time I was single in, like, over 10 years. So I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. You like a relationship girl? Was it because you were back-to-back relationships or you yeah. relationship? Okay. Oh, no. I was a cliff jumper for sure. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm single for the first time. I'm, you know, early 20s. I don't know what to do. Like, how do you maneuver through this? And so I would go out. I'd meet guys. I'd have really interesting situations happen. And when I would tell my friends stories, they're like, you should write about this. And I was like, who cares about my shit? And they're like, just do it. Were they like Hori's or were they just like bad relationship experiences? They were just like, what the fuck relationship experience? Yeah. Like, I remember specifically the one story that really this all happened. I had gone to San Diego for a journalism convention, but like we all went out and stuff. And so I was out at some club in San Diego and this guy came up to dance behind me. So you already know, like my girlfriends are facing him. I can't see him. So they're giving me the okay, like, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's not. Like, turn, swerve, whatever you got to do to, like, get away. But they're like, hmm. So I was like, all right. That's the universal sign. <laughs> Everybody knows. If you don't know this, get it together. If you go to the club and you're dancing with someone, you start to move away and your friends are looking like, they don't, like, pull you away immediately. It's like, right. And they give you the look. Like, And your friends, and if you have real friends, they'll, they, they know the cue is to, like, Either pull you, pull you away right. or let you be. Right. Yeah. And if they let you be, it means he's fine. <laughs> right. If they pull you away, it means bitch, you start running. Yeah, but then sometimes right. your friend's definition of fine is not your definition of fine. And then you'd be like, bitch, Yes, boy. also. That's <laughs> why, like, when you're dancing, or at least I do, I'll do, like, a, like a little, yeah, like, yeah, you like, know? Over the shoulder. Make eye contact. Just be like, let me see. And then I'm like, oh, no. And then <laughs> yeah. he's like, but no, for this one, he was cute. So I was just like, okay, okay. So we're, like, dancing. And then, oh, God. And then he tries to finger me. On the, on the dance floor? What? On the dance floor. How many songs in? This is, <laughs> this is like the same song. So red flag first. He was like, oh, do you want some of my drink? And I, he was no, clearly no, no. drunk. You, you so. First of all, that's me. Like, sure. <laughs> you want to smoke this blend? Sure. Do you, wanna, you want this drink? You want to try it? No. I don't after anybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, no, I'm good. And so we're dancing, and his hands are, like, on my thighs. So for visualization purposes, I'm wearing this green little mini skirt and, like, a um, just, like, a little black tank top. Cute. His hands are on my thighs. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Then he starts moving up, and then he starts going, trying to go in. And that's when I, like, swerved out, and I was like, whoa. And he was like, Whoop, there it is. <laughs> like, literally? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 That's no, no. not no. where it's at. That is the right. fucking most hilarious line I've ever heard. First of all, you weren't even close. Second of all, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what What in your mind? Granted, you were probably, like, so drunk you weren't thinking. This but like 2020. Wait, what year was this? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Fuck. <laughs> it was like we can't take this story. <laughs> like the story's too much. Um, no, this was two thousand. Two ten. I think it was like two thousand ten. So then, so then, what happened? Whoop! There it is, you, man. You walked away. 
Oh yeah, I left, and then but I told a guy friend that story, and he died laughing and was like, "You need to write about this." So I didn't. I did write about that specific story later, but that's what kind of fueled the idea of like, okay, maybe I should do a website. So I um, created the problem with dating. I wrote my first post, which was about. This guy I was talking to, or at least I thought we were talking, and then I saw him post a picture of him and another girl on his Instagram, and then went to her Instagram and saw that she called her his boyfriend, or called him her boyfriend. So I was just like, hmm, what's going on? So that was my first post, which was like, welcome to the gray area, a place full of uncertainty and what the fucks or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Waited like two months before I, I published because I was terrified. Like, I... I already wrote for the masses because I wrote for a big entertainment company. And so I already knew like what it felt like to have thousands or sometimes millions of people read your work. So it wasn't that fear. It was, I was writing about other people. But when you write about yourself, your own shit, you're right. like, welcome you're, to our life. Right. Podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you're oh, afraid yeah. to be judged because it's, it's your shit. It's not right. you, you, you like interpreting someone else's experience. Right. It's not me delivering facts on someone else. It's me being like, so here's my intimate details or shit and that I... And here's my writing. Judge me on both. Right. And my <laughs> perspective. And my, right. You know, because right. whoever else is on the other end of that for sure has a different perspective of how it went down. Of course. You know? Or just even like, even if they weren't a part of the situation, they're like, oh, wow, that's how you handle things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. all there's unlimited room for that. So then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. So I put it up. And then the next day I was like flooded with comments and views and all this. But it was all good. Right. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we love this. And I was like, oh, okay. So for a long time I did that and my job. Like that was my hobby. Yeah. And I had my stable, secure, paying job. But as the problem with dating started to get pickup, I was being asked more to like do interviews, be on panels, and my job would shut it down because they were just like... Is that was a conflict? It's not a conflict because I already... Before I started, I talked to them. I was like, is that going to be an issue? And they were like, well, no, since you're not doing celebrity news, like it's a completely... But then it, later it became like, but you represent the company. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So over the course of, I want to say, five years maybe or so, I was juggling both. But it was clear that, like, I really loved the problem with dating in that world and I was more That's fueled and inspired. That's what was called. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, at some point I knew I had to make a decision because I knew also that if I clung to this like stability and security that felt really nice but wasn't inspiring me I was not going to get to where I could get as far as my potential so I was I quit that's a huge that's a huge lesson it's such a huge huge lesson lesson. I mean actually it's funny you say that because a girl when I did that panel last week um one of the questions was you know I have a really great job where I can travel and you know you know I'm getting paid but I hate my job and but and I, what I really want to do is I want to start a travel blog and I want to like you know that I want that to be my life. What do I do because I have stability, mm-hmm. you know? And I and I and I am traveling. Mm-hmm. Should I just keep it and try to like change my perspective on what I'm doing and basically play it safe? Or mm-hmm. and I told her I said you know what, you only have lived once. 
Right. Do you want to look back on your life? And I mean, and I know that's scary because stability is important, especially me as a parent. Like, mm-hmm. it's super especially important. Especially for Los Angeles living. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not telling you to, I told her, I was like, I'm not telling you to quit your job today. Like, you should plan. You should be right. responsible. Right, right, right. You know, but like, yeah. Like, and she has know. the luxury of like, if you're already traveling, start building the blog really, and really. readership and eyes so while you, you travel. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, like you have to, it's it's scary. And for those like pe- women listening, because I know so many people probably listening to are not happy in their jobs and yeah. want to be, you know, doing something else and it's another type of career. Um, do it, you know? Right. Like, but plan. But plan. Yeah. Right. I, it, it is funny that you said that today because, yes, <laughs> this week I had a really bad idea <laughs> <laughs> to like do this like... <laughs> Like overnight job because I'm like I need more money da, da, da. and I was telling Erica and I thought it was a great job that was a sign from God Erica she like, literally was like I have a, I got a sign it's so crazy I was in the shower <laughs> I was, and I told her and she's like absolutely not that's a terrible idea <laughs> really she's like Jamila <laughs> she's like who are you fucking kidding and I told two other friends and they like laughed at me absurdly so I was still gonna go I was still gonna like go to this like 45 minute first of all it's not that we don't support your decisions no, and I you know. do what the fuck you wanna do I just know that you're not gonna, I, I ain't gonna last the fucked up part is after I thought it through thoroughly mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like god I'm so mad they know me better than <laughs> I know myself <laughs> god I'm mad they're right but I got up to go and I started driving over there and I was like First of all, I started calculating the money, and I was like, this is not a lot of money. Ugh. And then I was like, it's funny how, like, in my mind, I had started justifying, like, okay, I can have a little extra money, I could do this. But in the, the, the reality is, I could make that same amount of money if I just put that same amount of effort on something that was, like, what I actually do. <laughs> and yeah. and I, I had to have a conversation with myself. It's like, it's easy to put your like your stability and, and your worries into something stable because it's stable and it's you know it's going to be there every week and if mm-hmm. you, but then there's always that anxiety if you don't show up there's that anxiety that you really are don't want to go i've had a lot of jobs and i've yeah it always happens it always happens eventually like someone irritates you someone's micromanaging you because they're miserable in their lives they're dumb and they try to tell you things you already know and then you get annoyed and then you're like why am I even here and you've become immune to like getting that little piece of change once a week that's really not that much Mm -hmm. and then you don't put that same effort into what you could be doing you also just don't take into consideration how much it really affects you on like an energetic level and just like depletes you. in general yeah because you keep convincing yourself like no but this is what I how mean. it is but this is how it is you know like of course everyone hates their job right, so right. it's fine it's like no 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 there are people who love their job and there are people who if they do hate their job choose to do what they love like you don't have to buy into this whole narrative of oh you go to school you graduate you, you get, get a married, job yeah. And then you're miserable because that's adulthood. And until it's like, Saturday, in which case, until Friday at 5. And then right. you're happy or drunk those, until yeah, Monday at 8 two and a half days, you're, <laughs> you're just living your best, best life. fulfilled life. Right. That's I just, refuse to believe that bullshit. It takes artificial. a whole day to unfucking pack. I mean, it takes more than a whole day. It takes a few days for you to unpack all the shit you dealt with all week. So mm-hmm. by the time you get back to Monday, it's like, it doesn't even matter. Right, right, it's right. An energy fucking drainer. Yeah. yeah. So... It's so scary. you did that. You you decided to. But I did that thing to, to to go and yeah. And it wasn't an overnight thing. Like that's the planning is crucial because it's especially right now. I feel like we're in um, a time where it's more acceptable to kind of like stray from the norm, not do the whole corporate thing, do the whole you know venture out on your own, freelance life, whatever. 
But first of all, if you love your nine to five, like more power to you. Keep that shit. It, it's not about like, no, stick it to the man type of thing. It's just like, if you love it, cool. If you don't, start looking at other options. And luckily for me, like, I'm so grateful for my mom because she taught me how to be smart with my money from a young age because I think it was also that just like immigrant mentality, like survival and stuff. Where's your mom from? Lebanon. Oh, okay. I was born there. My mom's from there. My dad's from there. Yeah. Okay. I really want to take a, um, like, financial education for women like do you well, not, not like Susie orman because didn't she like go to jail but like <laughs> but so maybe I, not her i feel like um if that is like my relationship with money period i mean like my like the even on an energetic level like what is my parents relationship with money what is their parents relationship with money affects Girl, a lot of like i just m- wrote about this yeah like i feel like it affects a lot of like my procrastination my like my di- my lack of discipline, my lack of like planning financially, because it was not it was there was never a conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's huge. First of all, no one talks about it, and that's something I didn't really come to terms with until this year. Because when I went to like train to be a coach, you get coached, and I realized quickly I had a lot of limiting limiting beliefs around money. Because I grew up, which is no fault to my parents, but, like, they were survival first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So that mentality led to me feeling like I was in a place of lack. Like, I'm coming from scarcity, not abundance. And so Mm -hmm. any money I had, I'm clinging to it and, like, "Ah, I don't want to spend it because I may never see, you know. That's not how you let it flow and come back. Exactly. And so I really – and I'm still working on that because it's just, like, that's fucked up, you know, to have that ingrained in you when you don't need to. And you don't, you don't even, you're not even making the conscious decision. Right, right, it's right. Just what it is. And, and the fact, I, I never even thought about it as a factor until my adulthood, like deep and like recently that mm-hmm. do I have a certain perspective of finances because of other things that I'm not aware of, you know? Yeah. And someone once told me spiritually, I'm not going to have to shoot, you know, like I, I'm crazy, um, that your relationship, like your relationship with money is directly correlated with like your father. <laughs> Or something mm. like that. Like, mm. something like your father or... Well, if that's the case, I should be real, 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 real cheap. Cause <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason my dad's been retired for 400 years and it's still okay. <laughs> but I don't know how true that is. I've actually heard the opposite, that it's the same as your mother energy or something. Either way, it's like... I mean, the spiritual stuff we could talk about for weeks. But... At the end of the day, it's like, okay, I need to, I needed to reframe the way I looked at money. You know, money is the root of all evil. Like money, I don't care about the money. I do care about, I got to live, you know? And so it was stopping the whole framework of thinking like, oh, it's me versus money and being like, oh no, me and money are homies. Like Mm -hmm. it flows easily into my life. And also with the whole job thing, like you were talking about a little bit ago, when you do work at a corporation and you start seeing the work you put in, you will also realize the amount of money I could make on my own doing this. Like I secured rollout plans and shit <coughs> that was then sold to Amazon for who knows how much money. You think yeah, I saw fun. any of that? No. So then I was like, all right, if I can do this for multi-billion dollar corporations, I can do this shit for myself. So it's just a matter of switching gears but also that self-discipline and knowing your value 
Right. Look how valuable you were to that company. Right. But, you know, then when you start to see yourself and your own time is that with that, you know, the same value and regard and putting a money sign on it, then you start to realize, like, yeah. they need me. And we always sell ourselves short. We're like, oh, no, I need that big name or that those resources or whatever. No, because you are the one that's executing the work at the end of the day and delivering the product. So I don't even know how we got here. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I quit. And then... I decided to make the problem with dating my purpose. Well, it, it would already was my purpose, but like really focusing on that. And so that led to freelance writing. So now I am a dating columnist for Playboy. I write for them um, often. I was like, what's English? I like blanked. <laughs> and then um, doing my book like my book came out of the problem with dating because everyone was reading all these different stories and they're like when are you going to do a book and I was like I don't know about all that but it came it came to me through a lot of that was also like a spiritual journey but let that shit go was a big move and I knew too I lagged it took me three years to do it and I knew it was because whenever I would work on the book which changed throughout the course of time so many times I kept hearing, once you put this book out, everything's going to happen. And I was like, I was terrified. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. Because it's also like when you're in the, quote, public eye and you open yourself up to all that judgment that we talked about, you can sit here and be like, no, I'm not going to listen to that. But with Twitter and like just seeing that shit, it weighs on you. Uh No matter, even though you know, like, yeah, know how it's affecting you. Right. And you're just like, I know you ain't shit. But I still have to see these words and like then you start wondering and questioning and whatever. So I had to build my self-confidence and like also learn how to kind of detach myself from all that so I can be able to serve the people that I actually do serve and not let those who just want to like dampen the mood have so much control over what I do. So So in your book, you talk about... How so many things. Let that shit go. Kind of. <laughs> I always. It's a journey to forgiveness. Yeah, it's a journey to <laughs> forgiveness, healing, and understanding love. So, I've always, with everything I write and do, I use myself as the example. So it's never like ten ways to make sure he texts you back. Like mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. You think if I knew, I'd be in the situations I'm in. <laughs> but <laughs> right. right. I don't fucking yeah. Right. I don't have the answers. Right. Uh. So. What I've learned is I can look at the experiences I've had personally and then use it as a way to kind of like bring the lesson to the forefront. So Let That Shit Go is a compilation of different relationships I've had with various men in my life. And through that, I illustrate the lessons I've learned about myself, the lessons I've learned about love, about forgiveness, about healing and, you know, the different um, traumas and things that I didn't even realize I had dealt with until I put it on paper and kind of like took that outside of myself to really be able to observe it instead of like being it. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. So it was like a heavy experience to do, but it was so rewarding and and a really like dope way to kind of close that chapter of my life and kind of open myself up to whatever is going to come next. Do you think... Because, like, are you, have you ever had, have you ever um, been in therapy? No. I just, so you've never been in therapy. Because I'm curious because 
some people feel like therapy is the only way that not only way but you is the best way to get through things do you think that do you would you consider yourself like a therapist or like no just because i haven't do you agree with that do you maybe my question more is do you think that as humans we are totally capable of like self-reflection and self-healing even Absolutely. when it's given to us Absolutely. You know I mean? well <clears throat> yes but I'm a big promoter of therapy. Honestly, the only reason I haven't gone to therapy and I've looked into it so many times is because I don't have health insurance. Like, I don't have – I can't afford it. You know, right. Yeah. So I was just, like, um, trying to do self-therapy, basically. And so it was reading a lot of different books. It was watching a lot of different documentaries, doing a lot of writing and journaling and practices that I knew would help me. But – um at the end of the day, and this is something we talk about in coaching too, which life coaching and therapy are often kind of like confused or people feel like they're the same thing and they're not because coaching is, you know, we don't diagnose you. We don't have that, um, the medical background or we don't talk about your past. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if I was coaching you, for example, and I noticed that you continuously brought up certain scenarios from your childhood over and over and over again because obviously you might touch on your childhood here and there but Mm -hmm. if it was clear that there was something unhealed there then I would be like you know maybe therapy would be better for you to deal with that specific thing and we can either do it at the same time or after you go to therapy for that you can come back and do coaching because coaching focuses on where you're at right now and where you're trying to go and how we get you there so so you have to kind of be in the in the whoever is like going to be coached kind of needs to be detached from their past? No, you don't have to be detached, but it's or like... I've already dealt with it? No, you just need to be... You need to know, like, what your focus is. Like, what is it that you want out of this? So if it's... Like, for me, my coaching, I focus on women who want to strengthen their self-love. Now, that alone, of course, you're going to, like, go into your past. But if you want to sit there for a long time and really dissect your past then I can't, I can, but it's not beneficial for me because I'm not a licensed therapist to do that with you. So that's when I have to take like my moral and ethic road to be like, okay, I've noticed there's a situation with your father that keeps coming up and maybe that would be more beneficial to talk to a therapist about. Mm. But what I can do is help you, you know, figure out what's going on with you today, right now, that's not helping with your self-love journey and then how we can improve that for the future and things that we can implement now. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make no, sense? No, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> I often wonder, like, what, like I do, I wonder what's the difference between, like, a therapist, when is it just someone is more clinical, you know, like, which mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily, because sometimes I feel like therapists can be, like, can be too detached, whereas I feel like a life coach maybe is more uh, involved in your life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because sometimes therapists don't always ask all the questions that, because, I mean, I guess it's a, I guess at the end of the day, the goal is for you to come to an understanding or forgiveness on your own, you know, mm-hmm. and not influenced by mm-hmm. my opinion as your therapist or life coach. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you do that. You can, like, detach yourself in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's really mm-hmm. tough because... Like how, like how, yeah, because if you're working with people that you start to really care, like, how mm-hmm. do you do that, you know? Girl. <laughs> Are you talking about being emotional? I'm so emotional. Like, <laughs> I cry over commercials. Like, it's so... And so during the coach training, like, I learned so many things about 
that detachment, which the word alone makes it feel cold, you know, but it's not. It's just, it's protection, you know? And so even with emotions, the first day I asked, what if I start crying with them? You know, like if I'm with a client and they start getting, you know, emotional and start crying, I'm a cry. Like I don't... I don't know how to not. You you would be a mess. Me too. I would cry too. I cry. I cry. But even like, I'd be like, just come live with me. Right. <laughs> right. Here, I have it's an fine. extra room. It's just come. Fine. Come. It's I have a bed. It's fine. fine. It was crazy to learn the subconscious messages you're giving when you do that. So, even something as simple as putting your hand, like on their hand or on their knee, or even giving them a tissue, we're not supposed to do that. Like, all you have to do, if we were having a coaching session right now, I would already have, like, a Kleenex box here in case. And I was like, that seems so harsh. Like, you know they're in pain. Why wouldn't you give them a tissue? And then she was like, because what we don't realize is when we give someone a tissue and they're crying, you're subconsciously telling them you're making a mess, clean it up. And you want them to feel okay with whatever they're going through and crying. And if they want to wipe their tears or blow their nose or whatever, then they can make the initiative to do that. But you don't, you're not the one to tell them, like, clean up whatever's going on here. Even though we don't intentionally think that's what we're doing. think about it that way. Absolutely but not. Now that you're saying it that way, I'm like, yeah, it is true. Like, just let yeah. them go through their process. process. Yeah. And that's the whole, that's literally the whole thing in a nutshell is this is your journey. I'm meeting you wherever you are and you're directing us because it you do have all the answers. Coaches and therapy and all that, we're just trained to see things that you may not see and to highlight things that you may not notice and to give you the tools and resources to help yourself. But at the end of the day, you are the captain of this ship. I'm the captain now. Like, it's very much that. Mm. So we're just kind of like your sidekick cheerleader (laughs) person. But yeah. And then even with the crying with them, she was like, the goal at the end of the day is to help your client. And if you cry, you get into the story with them. So for me, if I'm ever in that mode where I'm like, oh, shit, like, because I can tell when someone's about to cry and I and then I feel it in my throat and I'm like, oh, your throat starts to close up. Right. (laughs) I'm like, okay, Bruna, you're here to help her. If you cry, you're in it with her. You need to stay back here so that you can help her and be of service to her. And so you just got to, like, shut it down. Hmm. Not easy. Because I just want to be like, oh, my God. Come here, you, you hold never, me. So you've never cried. You've never shed a tear. Oh, <laughs> I have. No, you no, like no. Hug them. You're like behind them. You're right. Like, like no. Quickly rubbing the tears. Yeah, you see, you good. There was actually, um, <laughs> there was one girl. We were doing a, a short little coaching practice, and it was one of those things. You have to. There's a lot of intuition that goes into this. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of hearing what's not being said. A lot of noticing things that you know they don't even realize they're giving off. And so I'm highly intuitive and I'm sitting there and we're talking and I could tell, I don't know what it was that gave it away. There was something she just needed to release. So I stopped everything and I was just like, how are you feeling right now? And boom, she just started crying. And I was like, oh shit. Like I didn't even expect her to get emotional like that, Mm -hmm. but I quickly had to shut it down. And then afterwards I bawled my eyes out Mm -hmm. because I was just like, it was so much going on. Like, there was the empathy for her, but then it was also, like, you did that. You know, it was one of those things, like, such a simple question. And we often, like, overthink things. Like, we have to be able to, like, give you the answers and change your life. And it's like, no, you do that. 
But even just taking the time to be like, how are you feeling right now? Can make someone like, no one really asks and listens. Mm -hmm. They just ask because they feel like it's an obligation. And then let me tell you about my day, you know? Right. So it was a beautiful thing. That's amazing. I mean, it's like scary and but and amazing at once that you get to, you know, join yeah. them. I guess you're on facilitate that for them. Somehow. Facilitate that yeah. journey with facilitate them. It. Be on the sidelines like this, <laughs> my child. Go. <laughs> so, what about your celibacy journey? Like, what inspired that? Oh yeah. So I don't call it celibacy because I definitely masturbated, and <laughs> technically, like celibacy, you don't touch yourself. You don't. Well, depending on how you want to define it. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, I was just abstaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was dating. Well, I don't even know. It was a situationship. <laughs> I was like talking to this guy, and we clicked right away, and it was like clear that there was a connection there but when we hooked up it was like I don't know it brought up all these different feelings of realizing that I was using sex in a way that wasn't healthy for me like I was just kind of like oh so I sleep with guys in hopes that they want to be with me after I sleep with guys because I feel like that's just what I'm supposed to do like and sex is you know liberating and it's a sacred thing in my mind in the sense of not that oh you should only do it with this person at this time whatever but it's an energy exchange like it's it's something and I was just giving it away to people in a sense of like I'm giving this to you in hopes that you find value in me after. Right. And so I was just like, that's not healthy. That's really, that's so true. Right. That line right there. Right. <laughs> so true. I think so yeah. many, we, we're all guilty of it. You yeah. You know what I mean? In some and range. And it makes sense. On some yeah. spectrum, whether it's kind of or it's a lot. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And so when that switch happened and I was like, oh, shit, this is not good. <laughs> um I was at first it started just like with him. I was like, I don't think we should have sex. He was like, I understand. We built a friendship, a very solid friendship. But even after him, I was like, this goes deeper than you. Like I maybe I need to just take sex off the table. So I didn't have like a timetable. I wasn't like, oh, uh, the thousandth day I'm going to go have sex. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like until I meet someone who makes me feel safe and who I feel I can be intimate with without any ulterior motives or, like, hidden agendas, I'm not going to do it. So that went on for a year. And it was just, like, one of those happened. Like, I was looking at the calendar. I was like, oh, shit, it's been a year since I've had sex. And so I decided to write about it. And then I pitched it to Cosmo, and Cosmo published the personal essay, and then it blew the fuck up. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. But I was, oh my God, my phone was like on fire, but it was great stuff. Like so many people were like, I do this too, or I've been needing to do this. Thank you for talking about it, all this stuff. And I was like, damn, that's dope. Like what, when you realize one decision has such a bigger purpose in what you can see Mm -hmm. and it kept going, like after that, I still wasn't having sex. So I was like, you know making friends with my toys, making friends with myself, you know, like giving myself that type of self-love. And then when I started writing the book, I realized that I had gone through sexual trauma that I'd kind of repressed or like just didn't even acknowledge. So then it was like, oh, 
I've been raped or, oh, I've been sexual, sexually harassed a lot in my life. And that's also played a role into the sense of the whole, oh, I do it. So you see value in me. It was very like subconsciously thinking, okay, well, I owe this to you. Or this is what my body is for to you. Or, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Which I was like, bitch, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Right. So it took a lot of, like, time clearly and just kind of figuring out, redefining what sex means for me, getting back in touch with my body, building that confidence, and and also processing the trauma that I didn't deal with for so long because I didn't even know it existed. So once you kind of realize like, oh, I've gone through this, all of a sudden the floodgates open. You're like, fuck, now I got to like process this and see how it's played out in my life. But once, you know, you get to the other side, it's just such a better experience. And so I went, you know, nearly three years and then I decided to have sex with a guy that is one, a really good friend of mine. We were talking, but it was kind of like, we don't know if this is going to be a relationship or not, but I trust you. And that at the end of the day, that's that was it for me. I was like, I trust you with every fiber of my being. I know you would treat my body with respect. So by choosing to do this with you, I'm treating myself with respect too. And so we had sex. It was bomb. <laughs> and... <laughs> Yes, thank you. Thank God. But, thank God. But the pressure is real. Like, we were talking about this earlier before we started the show. Like, I realized the longer I went, the more pressure I was like, fuck, who's it going to be? And people kept asking me, too. Like, are you still not having sex? Who's it going to be? so Who are you? I know. Me, I'm still, like, I'm checking with Jamil. I'm just like, so, yeah, I still. So. <laughs> How long has it been? Um, Like, almost four months. Okay. This is still a very difficult stage. Yeah. Because it's like... <laughs> yeah, actually, I agree. Yes, it is. Yeah, well, because you still remember what sex feels like. At some point, oh, you'll stop. forget. <laughs> At no. some point, you're like, wait, how do I do this? No. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I don't think that's possible for Jamila. <laughs> we'll see. No, but once I, once I did it, it almost felt so freeing in the sense of like, now that that's been handled... I feel okay now to just kind of, if I want to have sex with a guy, I'll do it. And I'll do it because I want to. Right. You know, not because I want you to like me or I feel like, oh, well, you bought me dinner and drinks and did this, so now I got to <laughs> sleep with you. <laughs> For real, though, uh, now sleeping over. You're right. right. Uh, uh, like, uh, so many 19, 20, 20 whatever, I just. We did go to that nice steakhouse. I mean, <laughs> he paid for appetizers, dinner, and dessert, and a cocktail. I guess I can I've been do a few no things. for 30 minutes, and he just won't let up, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, now I'm just out here. Like, oh, how do I feel? But it's funny because people assume that once you have sex, you're just, like, fucking all the time. Yeah, and I'm no, like, no, if anything, the whole point is now that you have had, now that you have it's had sex. It's an intentional, you know, conscious decision. Do you still feel like you're li- living that life? Like, do you feel like you're still living consciously sexually? It's, it's something you probably still have to work at sustaining. It's not like, right. it's easy to go back to your habits. Absolutely. You know and there's mean? definitely fear of that, too. Because you've lived so long doing that. Right. right. You know? It's almost like second nature. I feel you like I'm much more it. intentional and conscious. It's... Quite honestly, there just haven't been any men in my life that I'm like, ooh, 
I need to get that. You know, it's just very like lukewarm. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to make that a thing. When was the last time you had sex? It was November, so like a bit. Okay. But things can change <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> I was watching my reading um, for April, and it was uh, I follow. The Quietest Revolution on YouTube. Shout out to Amber. She's amazing. So she does tarot readings for every sign every month. Oh, what's it called? The Quietest Revolution. Oh. Yeah, so I watched mine yesterday for Capricorn. And she was like, oh, your sex life is going to pick up. And I was like, you're damn right. <laughs> because I'm ready. And I'm just like in a place now where I definitely want to find my partner. I've been single for like eight years. So I'm ready for like that partnership. But I'm also in a place now where... Whatever comes to me, whatever's happening, I embrace it. I'll do what I want to do with it and not think too much about like, well, what does this mean? What's it going to, what's it, what is it going to, right. Just fucking live, live your life. It's taken a long time to realize that. Right. Deep sighs, deep sighs. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter how old you are. You're like, I I sometimes find myself acting like like a little teenager. what is time really you know like what is age it's you act how you act just live it and let it be right i just hate how we make men the center of our right right like it can ruin our whole day you know what i mean if work is bad it might not ruin our whole day but if a relationship is bad day is ruined and that's just like it's just like I don't know. I just feel like it's so unfair to to who we are as women. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's programming. Too. It's it's programmed because yeah. we are so powerful. Mm-hmm. That's the way we've been pro. Like that's our that's our weak spot, and it's a big one. Love, <laughs> you know. But it doesn't have to be. No, weak. it doesn't. Well, no, love is not weak. I just mean that like the programming we have around love mm-hmm. is weak. You know, well, and that's not empowered. It's not. It's not empowered. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just feels like. Like I don't know, like possession and like not possession. That's like that's part of it, though. Well, we've been fed this idea that possessive love is what you want, or like if a guy isn't possessive, I feel like submission. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I feel like relationships to whatever capacity are how you learn about yourself. So. The problem with dating was born not because of just like, oh, listen to my dating stories, but because that fascination of relationships and whatever, I realized we switch because we become triggered and then we show parts of ourselves that we didn't have to, they didn't come up because no one was in the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. So really it's the problem with me, you know? Like what am I not facing about myself? And so when it comes to those relationships and someone – comes into your life and then all of a sudden these things start popping up they're unhealed things that you didn't have to face or deal with because you were chilling by yourself and now someone came in to trigger it and that's when the healing begins so it's like that's why i feel like love is so elusive and powerful but also people can be like fuck love i hate it it's because it comes in a form that sometimes you're not familiar with and then it forces you to see things that you're not ready to see about yourself mm-hmm. because that then once you realize it and you acknowledge it you can't just go back and be like mm. i mean some people do that's just the way i am and most it's like, people do no. i feel like right oh my actually but yeah but that makes so much sense it right. makes complete sense if you're not in a space where you have to deal with another like a part of you dealing with someone else then how do you deal with it until it comes up? That's right. True. Oh my God, yeah. It makes me think of so many things. 
Everyone is a teacher and a mirror. Right. I mean, I always say that children are mirrors, you know, mm. but so are really, so are you know, just life in general. Children are the answer, honestly. Like children and really old people, they get it. But somewhere in the middle, we just lose sight of everything. <laughs> so it's always like when you're young and you haven't been programmed yet, or you haven't really bought into the whole facade of all this. And then when you're old and you realize, damn, I spent a lot of time worrying about shit that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So let us just try to get to that before right. that, you know? For sure. Shit. <laughs> I'm like over here, like thinking deep in my head. What have I not dealt with? I'm like, for real. Yeah. That's true. Hmm, that's true. Do we need to <laughs> meditate and center ourselves after that? <sighs> I'm like, who Take three deep breaths. <sighs> I went to my first <laughs> Kundalini class yesterday. What's that? Kundalini is breathing. Mm -hmm. It was. It's just a whole breathing exercise. Well, you incorporate different breathing exercises with like some very basic moves. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you. It gives you like a little high. Yeah. Yeah, because the air and like the way you're breathing in your in oxygen into your brain. Yeah. Accesses different parts of your brain. So when you're doing those different moves, like. It triggers things too. I, right. I, I used to do it a lot, but then I got then I was then I got into like workout yoga. Like I needed more like something. A little yeah, yeah, more yeah. Like hardcore, hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find the balance and like all that stuff. <laughs> that you, face you just made it. Me. <laughs> did you feel lighter after the Kundalini? Uh... I did. Yeah, we were like dancing around the room, doing all these crazy moves with your freaking like really aggressive breathing. And then I just—I <laughs> can just imagine. Right. <laughs> yeah. That literally. The whole room doing it. <laughs> it's very like That's tribal great. in a way. It's also the sound is also meditative as well. Right. You know, a room full of people. I was about it though. I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I loved it. it. Yeah, I just started doing that and belly dancing and boxing because I was like, I need to, I'm so work focused. I needed to like do things that kind of got me out of my bubble. And so I felt like that was a good balance of like, belly yes. Dancing? Boxing? <laughs> what was the other one? The Kundalini Yoga. Heavy breathing. I want like to do belly dancing. Oh my, my gosh, I love it. Yeah, it's good. Such a good. Is it a good ab workout? It's a good. Abs, arms. I didn't realize, arms. like, when I'm moving my hips, I lose all focus of arms. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. And then you're like, oh, I got to hold it up here the whole time and, like, do things. And then you're just, like, chilling. I'm like, ah, I can't do both. <laughs> but My brain don't work like that. <laughs> hips, hips, arms, arms. Right. right. Ka, 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 can't. But, yeah, it's a great workout. And, I mean, obviously – it's my culture, and so I really wanted to get back in touch with that, and so I love it. Man, when I went to Dubai, we, went to, we saw a belly dancing show, and it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. She was doing, like, the way she can move her body, and she was balancing, like, swords on her hips and shit. Was, oh, shit. And doing, like, all these amazing dances. Wow. You know why, too? I feel belly dancing and also, like, pole dancing are the epitome of what it's like to be a woman because there's a lot of strength that goes into it, but there's also a lot of grace. And that's, I think, where we meet is we find the balance between the two at all times. And so every time you watch it, it's almost like womanhood illustrated, like in a nice artistic way. 
No, I think stripping is so beautiful. I love stripping. I watched, I, I could it. watch forever. But then I want to be like, so how, yeah. how did you do that? Like, pole dancing and stripping, because, I mean, you know, there's no difference except when you take your clothes off. If you're, right. a, if but, you're an artist. If you're, but if you're an artist, like, yeah. like, like I've seen pole dancing, I'm like, oh my God. That's something I would like to get well versed in pole dancing. I think it should be right. in the Olympics. <laughs> it's very difficult. I took one class in Vegas, and I was like all bruised up after. I think it like be in the Olympics, if it can be, if weird ass sports that no one plays can be in the Olympics, like what's that one where they like? On the ice? like is that, what is this? What, what is everyone doing? Why? I, who proved this? Who made this? Let me take it out. Yeah, I love this, that. This, that's this the one stated. I was thinking of, and that's the one you said because I was like, "What the fuck is that called?" <laughs> Everyone knows it because when it's on, we're like, why is this a thing? What? The sound too on the <laughs> table was so what funny. What do you call this? This is what you entered for? I would be embarrassed. Like, oh, well, you know. Like, we're going to get I'm in the Olympics. Ice chipping. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know or the one where they, like, do the cross country and then they have to, like, stop and, like, shoot at something. And then they, like, keep running and then they have to stop and do. I was like, what? At least that's more athletic. Yeah. But I don't understand the other one. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like shuffleboard for Ugh. fanatics. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, I have one more question. Yes. I know you wrote for Playboy. Mm-hmm. Did you pose too? I did pose. How was that? I posed. Um, it was great. I posed for the winter issue of this year. And it was um, a spread called A New Wave. And it was their female writers. We all posed together. And it was basically talking about, you know, freedom of expression as a woman. And also, like, my narrative that I really wanted to get out there is the breaking down the idea that a woman has to choose between being sexy or smart. Because that's something that really annoys me. Mm-hmm. So when I got the call, which, funny enough, and I mentioned it on my <laughs> My little IGTV show, Morning Brew. Um, I had a premonition about it like a month before. So when I got the call, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Because in my mind, I was like, oh, it'd be so dope to pose for Playboy. And like they'd get all their female writers and we'd get together. And then I was like, why the fuck would they do that? You know? Mm -hmm. And then I got the call and I was like, oh, shit. So this is the thing thing now. Mm -hmm. So we spent the whole day together posing um, completely nude. But, like, photographer was a woman, creative director is a woman, art director is a woman. Like, the only men that were there were, like, lighting and the videographers. And I only say that to say that the feminine energy in that room that day was so powerful and inspiring. And it was just a great experience. And then after the shoot, you realize, oh, fuck, I just posed naked. You know? (laughs) That was so beautiful. Oh, Oh, shit, it's right it's like (laughs) that delayed reaction and so i was like oh my god like i felt great i'm proud of my body i'm proud of the message that comes with it about like you know we're multifaceted individuals women can be so many things at once and one doesn't you know take away from the other but i'm also like they're going to be strangers looking at my tits and like all (laughs) kinds of things and also my parents i didn't tell anyone about the shoot until after <laughs> my mom texted me while i was there actually and she's like hi what are you doing <laughs> oh if only you knew and i was like oh. the camera. i was like i'm actually shooting for playboy 
Oh, you told her that we were there? She sent me a GIF that was, like, shocked. And I was like, gotta go. But my mom's like, I get this side of myself from her. Mm. So, like, she was a model and actress in Lebanon, and she was always very, like, open. And, like, she had that big dick energy forever. (laughs) So... She was more so, you know, as a parent being like, okay, so what kind of shots did you do? Like, how do you feel? And then at the end of it, she was just like, you know what? I'm sure they're beautiful. And if you feel good about it, I'm here to support you. And I think this is an amazing thing that you're doing. Well, what a gift. That right. Like such a gift. <laughs> okay, Cancer, get it together. Oh, my God, she's going to cry, you guys. <laughs> Well, we could talk about my dad's reaction if that helps you, like, Mm -hmm. not get him. He was not a fan. But it's like you would expect that from a father, right? So my dad. Actually, it's so funny. It's the opposite for me. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. My dad. Well, my dad and I, and there's a chapter about my dad in the book, too. We've had a very tumultuous relationship. So it kind of sucks because right when I think we're getting to better ground, something will, like, blow it up in this case me letting him know i posed naked for a magazine so it was one of those things where like i so did not want to tell him but and he lives in lebanon so i was like i mean maybe i don't have to tell him you know but but my cousins follow me on instagram like once they saw the post i'm the first because they did that with my cosmo article i'm like did you know bernard and he was like hmm so i was like let it come from me and let me just rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> and so I told him, I was like, Dad, there's something I need to tell you, but I'm really scared to tell you. He <laughs> no, was glad like, you already opened it up. <laughs> right. I was like, let me just get his, like, so he knows. And he was like, tell me. <laughs> and I was like, um, so I posed with five other female journalists for Playboy. And then he was like, um, what did he say? He's like, what did your mom think? And I was like, uh, she was supportive. He was like, so you were na-, like, and then you could tell that the progression of like the thoughts in his mind yeah, were leading like the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Because at first he was like, it's your body. Like you do what you want. Like he obviously wasn't a fan, but he was kind of like, cause he was like, you already did it. It's not like you're asking for my permission. And I was like, well, cause it's my decision. Mm. And so there was a bit of that. And then, I don't know, he got a second wind of anger or something. And he was like, I just don't know why you are, like, you're a capable and smart person. I don't know why you feel you need to do this. And I was like, that statement is exactly why I did this. Because the second a woman flaunts her body or appreciates her body or shows her body off in a way that's not considered, quote, modest, she's automatically thrown into this bucket of, oh, well, that's all she has and that's all she has going for her and everything else doesn't matter. That's not, that's not real. Right. So it was like, let me fuck up your mind real fast so that you can see a woman proudly being sexy and sensual and then realize, oh, she's also intelligent and caring and understanding and just smart and everything and being like, oh, so all the limitations are on me. You did that. I don't have to succumb to that just because you feel like a woman has to choose. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about that. For real. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, um, 
do you think your parents saw your, your Playboy spread? Did your mom? My mom, absolutely. She, <laughs> she went with me to buy, like, a bunch of copies. Oh, that's and amazing. then she was like, Bruna, come here. Let's take a picture. <laughs> and then we, like, posed with the magazine just to. <laughs> but she was like, yeah, it looks great. My dad, I don't. I hope he didn't see it. I don't think, I don't even know how he would unless he bought it online, like a digital copy. But it was interesting, like after I finally announced it, because we did the shoot in October and we didn't announce it until March. And so then I got all these messages and like definitely got some gross ass DMs that I was just like, "Mm, (laughs) no, they're like, I want to fuck you. And I'm like, I bet you do. That's not going to happen, though. Or, like, someone's like, I really want to be a, a porn director. Please help me. And I'm like, <laughs> porn director? How can I help you? Right. Like, because I showed my body, you're assuming I'm in the sex industry now and I'm a porn star, and so you want me to help you. I'm not going to, even if I was. So um, then I would get messages from guys who were, like, acquaintances, and they'd be like, yeah, so my friend had your magazine, like, in his bathroom. So we were, like, all noticing the pictures and looking at the spread. And it's, like, well, duh, they're going, like, you did it in a magazine. People are going to, like, look at it. But it was still kind of weird to be, like, okay, so now all I see in my mind is a group of strangers (laughs) just, like, huddled around (laughs) this magazine. Right, right, right. I mean, the shots were pretty tasteful. Like, all you really see is one of my boobs and my butt. Which I'm like, you're welcome. They're great. So so it's fine. And that's the thing I always think about, too. Like, regardless of whatever judgment I may get or the fear that I had when I had to make the decision, it will pass. And there will come a day when I can look back and be like, I fucking posed for Playboy. Mm -hmm. And look at my titties before they sag. Like, look at how good I looked. (laughs) So I was just like, I'm not about to let people and their, like, limited beliefs on who I'm supposed to be affect what I do with my life. I feel like it's, like, on most women's, like, bucket list. Like, try and get in Playboy, you know? Because it's empowering. <laughs> it's empowering. <laughs> For me, it was early. Like, that would be nice, you know? Like, that would be cool. I mean, Duh. it could happen. It's a very classy magazine if you're going to do it. Top notch. It's one of the better ones, yes. My dad was a playgirl. <laughs> was he? <laughs> who watches? Who who actually bought Playgirl though? Like, well, I mean, who knows? Women really he bought the Playgirl housewives at home, like, like, like fully fully nude. No, 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 no. I, he always had. He had like my dad had like a subscription to Playboy, so he had so many Playboy magazines growing up, and he had them all hidden in this one area of his house. And I would always go in there, like, whenever he would go to sleep, because I was a little horny little Scorpio <laughs> at a very young age. Yeah, I started, like, looking at porn at a very young age. Uh, I did, because of my Same. dad. Thanks, Dad. Oh, not because um, of my dad. <laughs> Just because I was like, what's But I remember happening? looking at Playboy magazine and thinking, oh, my God, like, these women are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. I, and I wanted to be in it, too. Yeah, I, I did. And I, was like, well, and I was like, well, thinking, like, well, maybe not naked, but, like, somehow could I be in it? <laughs> No, naked. <laughs> um, but that's amazing. I mean, I love that you that you that you can be so free and so liberated in that way, and like you've been able to release that because I yeah. think that's the. I think that's. I mean, I once you once you do like it's you can live your life in complete freedom. I think I'm definitely not there all the way at all, mm-hmm. but I, I that's like my goal. Like I want to be there and like consciously do that because. What's stopping you? 
Um, myself. <laughs> you know, different things. I think like over. Th- I'm an overthinker. Um, I think I'm still like easily distracted by men. Mm. Um, I think. I don't know. I think those two things are probably like the biggest things in my life that I'm like trying to consciously work towards and trying to check myself. That's why I told Jamila, I was like, don't let me talk about this relationship anymore because I need to talk, I need to talk to myself about it and like figure out if I'm, if I want to continue it or mm-hmm. if I'm like I'm okay with where it's at or you know what I mean? And talking about it out loud to friends constantly isn't healing. It's just, what was that quote? I saw this quote. It was like, be conscious of how much you love to discuss like your misery mm-hmm. and what and what joy it brings you mm-hmm. to discuss it. Yeah, um, because so many people think that's what we do, especially women. We just talk about something that's making us unhappy constantly, right? Or question ourselves constantly. You know, it's sure. one thing to like seek guidance or just even that camaraderie with your girls when you like just vent, and it's another thing to notice that like oh, I keep talking about this person or this situation just so I still feel like it's a part of my life or so that I have that to hold on to instead of just letting it go. Mm -hmm. Because once you let it go, then all of a sudden you're like, it's the detachment that you're like afraid of usually. So sometimes talking about it makes it still like alive and kicking in your mind. So you still have that to think about and hold on to. I don't know. It's crazy. We're so complex (laughs) that it's just like, Oh, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Sure is. It's, it's tough alone. So yes, another person in the mix. It's just like fuck. Right. I gotta deal with me and you, and I don't even know how to deal with me all the way. So. Like, and that's why it's key to deal with yourself first. Yeah. Which never ends, honestly. Well, yeah, because you think you've dealt with yourself and then you get in a relationship, like you said, and you're encountered with things that you never had to deal with yet mm-hmm. about yourself. Right. You know? But then you hope that at least the work you've done before that... Right, that you've, been work, you've worked towards being able to deal with those things. Right, in a healthy way. And also that because you did that work, you attracted a partner who's willing to help you through it too. So mm-hmm. it's not you all by yourself all the time like that was the mentality i've had forever where it's like oh it's only me i do everything by myself. like even when i think of having a family when i think of like logistics and stuff i always think of it from a perspective of doing it by myself and then every time i talk about it with people they're like well you know hopefully you have the father around (laughs) to like help and i'm like oh yeah the other person um, but I think that just comes from so many years of, like, I'm an only child. I spend a lot of time alone. I'm very, I can be an introvert a lot. So it's just like, I've led my life on my own. Like mm-hmm. most of the th- projects and things I do on my own. So it's interesting to then think about like, oh, I might collab <laughs> with someone yeah. on like that. Cool. Okay. Yeah. We'll collab see. Life. Right. Mm-hmm. There's something happening. Are they hovering over us? Even when I was driving over here, there was a police helicopter just circling. Really? Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's, yeah. Sometimes I hear those sometimes, and I'm always like, 
what if someone jumped over the fence into my backyard and tried to break into my house? I always get so paranoid. Oh, no. I feel like L.A. is the most helicopter-looking place of all time. Like, I, I, can't <laughs> imagine, I swear to God, I'm never in anyone's neighborhood, and there's always helicopters. Only in L.A. Is that a Los Angeles thing? Maybe. They just send the copters out. Like, <laughs> the call cop- the copters. Where are you from? Call the copter. I grew up in the valley. Call the copter. I lived in Atlanta. I was in Philly. My family's from Philly. I don't remember this many cop. I mean, like helicopter chases. <laughs> it's like I feel like growing up all the time in the valley. Like someone rob a bank or someone get. I think that's a common thing. Yeah. No? It's the dramatics of LA. It is. It's the dramatics. Like, just like, get out the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Call the copter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a copter, actually. It is a cop. Helicopter. Yeah. yeah. Helicopter. yeah. I thought it was copter because helicopter. It was, but, but now you just don't realize it's wow. too. It's that's too deep. Wow. All of the revelations we're having I today. Know. Wow. I'm glad that's We still I have think. to figure out what that Olympic sport is called. Like, that's going to bother me. I know. Oh, that's it? the riddle. This is the riddle of, of this episode. First <laughs> person to let us know wins eternal gratitude <laughs> and good vibes. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, I am so glad that you came on today. Thank, Thank you, you so much for sharing your knowledge. Of I course. have some things to go think about. <laughs> I have books um, for you guys, too, in the car. Oh, yay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, but where, where can our followers find you? How can we? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so many places. If you just want general information or information on coaching, go to my website, www.brunanessif.com. That's B-R-U-N-A-N-E-S-S-I-F, as in Frank. Or you can read about all of these stories I mentioned on theproblemwithdating.com and follow on Instagram at probwithdating or my Instagram at Bruna with five A's, like my report card, (laughs) or on Twitter at Bruna Nessif. I think I covered it all. So many things. Google Plus or... Security number right. also is. <laughs> no, that's Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you I had fun. All right, you guys. Well, we will catch you next week. Um, if you are not subscribed to our website, make sure you go on our website and subscribe. And if you guys have any horror stories, <gasps> we didn't do a horror story. Oh, we can. <sighs> what time is it? How quick can you make it? I could do a quick. What time is it? 4.11. 4, 11. 4, 11. 4. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Am I just left? Wow, we were here for a long 11. time. 11.04. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Horror. 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 Yes. Um, okay, so basically I was in Miami and feeling myself. And I met this really hot guy while at a club. And I was like, I'm going to live my life. And so we had <laughs> sex on the beach. Which you, did, you were like, I'm going to live my life. Yeah, because I was like, this is supposed to be like a nice thing to do, right? This is sexy, having sex yeah, on the I, beach. Miami. This is very Miami. Yeah. Right, right, right. So we're like having sex on the beach in Miami at night. And I was like, ooh, yes, whatever. Then like the reality of the matter set in and it's like sand in my crotch, you know? And I was just like... <laughs> I quickly was like, ooh, I don't like the feelings I have in my vagina right now at all. So, Ouch, like the deck uh, and the sand and the It was a churro, churro situation for sure. So then I was just like. A churro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So we had our sexual experience. And then 
I, my vagina hurt so bad. I was like, and it's not like we were on a towel. Like, obviously we were, you know, but it was like maybe the breeze or some, or the, I don't know. But I was like, my vagina feels like it's broken right now. And like, or like a ball of sand is just going to like plop out. So I went in the hot tub to try and fix. So I was, I was like, oh yeah, so let's just, let's go in the hot tub. But really it was like just to try and rejuvenate my vagina. <laughs> and so I was sitting there in the hot water like, yes, like this is nice. This is good. He didn't get in because he like, I don't know. He didn't want to. So he just sat there with me. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. You don't need to be in here. <laughs> so um, I remember too, to make the story even more dramatic, he was getting a lot of phone calls and I was like, okay, that's kind of strange, but whatever. He asks to be my friend on Facebook the next day, which I was like, okay. I thought this was just like, you know, one of those travel experiences. You put that in your blog. So, you know, you travel, you have sex with a stranger. Cool. So I was like, all right, look at his Facebook. He has a girlfriend. And I was like, of course you do. Of course you do. Why even request me on Facebook? Right. Let it go. Right. Let it go. Let that shit go. Available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. (laughs) But yeah, that's my horror store. Horror. Horror store. It's a horror. So is your vagina okay? Yes, it's it's very good no, now. After that, oh, it, that did it reduce? It did. It helped. It definitely helped. Okay, I thought it was. I thought I thought we were heading towards a hospital or something. I was oh, like, oh my god! No, 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 no! Like, that would have sucked. Got, she she chafed it. Oh no! She cut it inside. All the Please sand fix cut me. her vagina linings. Oh my gosh! Ouch! <laughs> ouch! <laughs> That's hilarious. No, my vagina is very healthy and happy now and ready for visitors. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Vagina's open for visitors. Um, Okay. Well, anyway, guys, we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Taking kick base or kill, taking them off as